0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
3: right now. Hey, welcome everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've joined us today as we start a new work week. It is Monday the 3rd of October. Start a new month as well. And I hope and pray that you would consider in giving us a call. 303-690-3000 is the call in number love. Uh, to be able to talk with you about the things of the Lord, to answer your questions or to pray with you. Uh, That's why we're here. We want to encourage you in every way that we can in your walk with the Lord, um, with your joy in the Lord. I was just reading right before we went on the air just a wonderful portion of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 61, where we read, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As the bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as the bride adorns herself with jewels. And we are ones that the Lord desires for us to have our joy, even in the difficulties and even in the trials that we go through. And and all of us go through those seasons and times. Maybe you're in a time right now, today, where you're going through a loss, a, a difficulty, a challenge, uh, just a tough season right now, and it's very easy for us to lose our joy. And uh, I pray that we can minister to you, uh, and we can just uh, encourage you and to remind you that even through the times where we don't understand, uh, that he desires to give us a peace that passes understanding, and he desires for us to give us that joy inexpressible Uh, When we're feeling anxious and when we're feeling down and feeling overwhelmed. So give me a call. 303 690 3000 is the call in number. We got all open lines. Grab one of those open lines right now. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday and love to talk to you and encourage you. Go to the Word of God together. Text line is another way for you to be able to ask me a question or Give it prayer request and that's seven two zero three three six, o eight nine seven. The hour goes by quickly, so grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ, and let's encourage each other. I want to welcome all those who are listening live on this very beautiful fall day in Colorado, as you're listening live on Grace FM along the Front Range and up into southern Wyoming. You are listening live on this Monday afternoon, and then all those who are listening on radio by grace, you two are listening live all throughout the country. Some of you on the East Coast, and um, you are listening as it's early evening right now. Pray you had a great day, and that um, that as you head to the evening time, that uh, that you are blessed and you are safe. I, I just want to pray for you guys in Florida. I I have a daughter who's in Orlando and experienced some of the hurricane that came through, her first one ever being from Colorado, and um, it was pretty scary for her. But I know there was a lot of destruction on the west side of the coast, and uh, we have listeners in Fort Lauderdale area, Miami. Uh, The whole state was uh, affected by the hurricane, and, and we're so sorry for the loss of life, the loss of property, and destruction, and so let's go ahead and pray for them, Lord, we do pray for those who lost so much and loss of life more than anything, uh, for the families that uh, have lost loved ones uh, for those who perhaps as the death toll probably will go up, they say, uh, but Lord, such a terrible storm and tragedy, and Lord, just the the destruction as as we see the pictures and the videos is unbelievable, and the flooding. And so we pray for rapid recovery. We pray for rebuilding. We pray for comfort to come um, to all those who need it. And, Lord, the help, the help, the practical help that they need. And, Lord, more than anything, the spiritual help. And so, Lord, we just lift up the people of Florida, also those who experienced damage in South Carolina as the hurricane continued. And, Lord, uh, we just pray for them as well. We just pray that you would show yourself strong on behalf of them, in Jesus' name, amen. So, we're thinking of you guys there in Florida, and I love for you guys, Radio by Grace, to give us a call. And also, welcome everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio. You're a week delayed, but we also got people from the four corners of the country, uh, from Washington and Southern California to the New England states uh, to down south, that you're listening online, perhaps on the, the website, uh, Grace FM or perhaps your mobile device on the app. And uh, we welcome you to call it that number, 303 690 The call-in number, the text line uh, for you to text is for texting only, is seven two zero Let's talk about the joy of the Lord. And and I know that as I've talked with people, perhaps you have too, in this theme of joy, that uh, a lot of people with the pandemic and then as we have the economy and people are worried about, Inflation and what's going on and all the things that are taking place um, uh, around us—the upheaval, the the trials, the uh, it seems like the violence, the the uh, lawlessness—all the things that are taking place—is very easy for us to lose our joy. And I want us to remember that we have the Lord. And there was a question that was posed uh, as I was reading an article. Uh, is there any hope for this culture? Is there any hope for this uh, nation right now, for our young people? And and there is, because there's always hope in Christ Jesus. There's always hope in the gospel message, and the gospel is our hope, and Jesus is our hope as an individual in our communities and also for our nation. So I pray for revival. I just pray um, that we uh, would just always keep that in mind and give that message to others because people do, desperately need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ loves you <clears throat> and he came and died for you and he loves you and wants to save you and he is your hope and salvation. And so that's the message that we give. And there's always hope in Christ. And we belong to a kingdom that will last forever. 303 690 is the call-in number to text line seven two zero three three six 0897, the text line. have got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines as we will go to the phone lines here. Let's uh, Again, let's talk about the things of the Lord. In the meantime, we're going to go to Kelsey in Johnstown. Kelsey? Hi. You're on Calvary Live.
4: Um, awesome. Thank you so much. I You're have welcome. a question for you. It's in, mm-hmm. I can't remember what verse, um, book and verse in Revelation, but... I think it's also, it's in the Bible a couple times. I think we just learned about Colossians this last week um, in our Bible study. And they were talking about when Jesus comes back and when Jesus raises, he'll raise the dead first. And then he brings us up, um, the Christian believers up with him in heaven. Mm-hmm. And my question was kind of like, so when, if I were to die today, My soul would be in heaven. So, what's who, what are like, who's the dead that he's raising up in that reference?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. And I think where a lot of people get, uh, where they get confused about the resurrection is the resurrection is dealing not only just with eternal life, but it's dealing with getting a new heavenly body. So, in 1 Corinthians 15, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as Paul's writing about the resurrection, he also writes about it in Second Corinthians chapter five. He's telling us that 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 our bodies, that which is mortal, will be raised one day to immortality. That which is corrupt will be raised to incorruption, um, incorruptible, and for all eternity. So that's the key that to remember that the resurrection is speaking about a new heavenly body. And sometimes people will come along with the false doctrine and say, well, Paul says about when we sleep, and so there's soul sleep until the resurrection. The body sleeps. The body's put in the ground. So as most people have been to a graveside, internment, uh, the casket, the the urn is put into the ground. At the rapture of the church, First Thessalonians chapter 4 speaks of, that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the um, the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's the reference that you are looking for. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Uh, also, we know that Paul, writing about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he would say that, I tell you, Mister, we shall not all sleep. When he talks about we shall not all sleep, he he's talking about the body and um he goes on to say but we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye i believe that's a reference to the rapture of the church so second corinthians comes along and tells us that we are all as we're waiting for this this new tent not made with hands but made in the heavenlies uh, our new heavenly bodies and the promise is given to us in second corinthians chapter 5 to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die, the, the promise is given to us that we go home, and you stated this, we go home to be with the Lord, but then our bodies are put into the ground or in an urn, whatever it might be. And then at the rapture of the church, in a moment, in a, in a twinkling of an eye, that's when the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we will immediately, and again, it happens almost instantaneously, that we will meet the Lord in the air. So we will all have our, our new resurrected bodies uh, that will take place at that time, that glorified body. So that's the key to remember, is the resurrection is talking about getting a new heavenly body. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, the Mormons come along and they will interpret 1 Corinthians 15 to mean heaven. There's different heavens. There's heavens, ter- celestial heavens. No, Paul's talking about that we're going to get a new heavenly body because Christ rose from the grave. Then we have the promise that we, as believers, that we will raise be raised from the grave as well. Does that clarify what you're thinking?
4: Yes, that or helps asking? a lot. Thank you. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and and that's the thing, Kelsey. It's just a lot of people. They, I think the key for me, we it, the, the resurrection is an incredible thing, and I don't fully fully understand it. I know what the Bible says but it's talking about a new heavenly body and then we were finishing Daniel um in our Daniel study just a couple of weeks ago and in chapter 12 Daniel's being told that hey there's going to be this 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 resurrection some to everlasting life some to to everlasting punishment and so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 you can read that chapter And Paul says that Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. He rose from the grave, and then each one according to its own order. So we can say that Christ is the first to resurrect, then those who are in Christ and, and the church will be resurrected at the rapture of the church. But then you have those tribulation saints that go through the tribulation period that they eventually will um be resurrected, they will get new heavenly bodies because many of them will be put to death. Then you have those who go through the millennium reign, those who are again are in christ believers, they will eventually get their their new resurrected bodies, and then also we know that the old testament saints it seems to indicate to us according to daniel chapter 12 that they will be resurrected at the end of the tribulation period as michael the archangel stands watch over his people in a time that the nation is experiencing trouble like has never seen before so it's all each in its own order it's a it's an interesting study to do but all those who are, are believers in christ those who are going to spend eternity with the lord that's all part of the first what is called the first resurrection And Jesus speaks about that in John chapter 5. He says that, you know, I say to you that uh, there will be the sound, the graves will open up, and those being resurrected to everlasting life, those who will be resurrected to corruption. So Jesus speaks about those who are going to be raised up to, to be with the Lord. And then Revelation chapter 20 speaks about the second resurrection. And the second resurrection is when the unrighteous dead, those who are not believers, are going to stand before the great white throne judgment, and they will be sentenced to the lake of fire. So it's an interesting study, kind of going through it and everything. Um, It can be a lot, but just to, to keep in mind that the resurrection is when we get our new heavenly bodies, and I think that that'll help you as you process all this.
4: Okay. Awesome. Thank you. That, yeah, that helps to hear a better explanation of that. Thank you.
3: Thank you for calling, Kelsey. Call anytime. Okay.
4: Awesome. Will do. Thank you so much.
3: Okay. You have a blessed afternoon. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line, text me a question or a prayer request. If We have time. We'll go to the text line. Um, 720 336 oh eight, nine, seven and you know, one of the things is um, you know, when it comes to the aspect of the return of the Lord, uh the coming of the Lord, there's two different aspects, the rapture of the church, and then there's the second coming of Jesus Christ that will take place at the end of the tribulation period. And I and I believe that um that as Jesus said, be watching and waiting, for I come at a time that you do not know uh, when you're least expect it, that um that The rapture of the church, when he comes for his church, um, could be at any moment. We don't know the day or the hour, but we're to occupy till he comes. And we're to be watching, we're to be waiting, we're to be serving and being faithful uh, to look to him. And John says that he who has this hope that sees him and to be with him purifies himself. It brings a purifying effect in our lives because if we really believe that maybe, maybe today that the Lord can come for me um, and, and that Trump is going to blow and I'm going to go home and be with him, um, that's going to cause me to keep my focus on him. So uh, it's just interesting things and in, in truth that is given to us in the scriptures. Hey, give me a call. Uh, I got a um, open line three zero three six nine zero three thousand is calling number, a couple open lines. Text line again is seven two zero three three six oh eight nine seven Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Let's go to Lynn in Columbia, Maryland Hello hi Lynn. How are you?
5: doing fine, thanks for taking my call so mm-hmm. uh I've been you know studying First King and Second Chronicles, so I get to first King chapter. 15, I believe, that talk about uh, Rehoboam die and his son Abijam or Abijah. So most of my Bibles call him, I mean, translate him as, as Abijam, J-M, except N-I-V call him Abijah, J-A-H. I mean, but those two names have very different meanings.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good question where I I have to do a little bit of digging but what's interesting Lynn is um in my own devotions I was just reading about that um the sons of Rehoboam, right is that am I correct in that Yeah. And um and the family of Rehoboam, the names that are mentioned I think Abijah means father of the sea and Abijah is Yahweh is my father like you said uh, two different names. So, um, you know, just looking at that, Abijah reigns in Judah, is what Second Chronicles says to us. Abijah oh. became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. And you were reading from what? First, uh, Second Kings, or First oh, Kings? Oh, First Kings chapter probably
5: fourteen. Like you okay. know, um, and the American Standard. New King James and ESV, even NLT call him Abijam. Only NIV call him Abijah. But in Second Chronicles, uh, they call him Abijah. But the name meaning of the names are so different. It's not
3: like yeah, they are different. And what I have in First Kings fifteen is um, in the year um, you have a Abijam that is king over Judah. So. That name is So I don't have to look at it very closely, but you are right. Uh, Abijam is the father of the sea. Abijah is Yahweh is my father, and we know that um, he, you know he he reigned for a short time after Rehoboam, and it's during the reign of uh, reign of Rehoboam is when the nation split in the ten uh, northern tribes of Israel and then the house of Judah down south. So I wish I could look at that very quickly and see. What the difference is in perhaps the other translations, but you are right that they are different um meanings of the of the names
5: and he is not he's not a very righteous king, but in second chronicles no. he did gave Jeroboam a a sermon or a lecture or something
3: well so. you know and here's the interesting thing Lynn to keep in mind when you go through when you go through first and second kings, and again you kind of have to keep your thinking caps on because it goes from the kings of Israel then the king of Judah and you got to kind of keep it straight and then second chronicles speaks of the kings of of Judah only so it's a little bit easier to keep track of and in that narrative of the kings of Judah it's usually speaking more the spiritual uh, aspects of those kings that you don't always read about in first and second kings and and that's the thing that you look at so he wasn't very a very good king. He only reigned for a few years, um, but um, it was at that time where again th- he gave him uh, kind of uh, a lecture. There Jeroboam would be on the scene, and then from there the house of Israel got worse. So you see the the spiritual aspect in Second Chronicles uh, more than you do in First Second Kings. So good observation, good question. Well,
5: anyway, may I ask you another question? So Second, I mean Chronicles is. The target audience were the people who came back from exile, right? Possibly written by Ezra?
3: Um, Second Chronicles by Ezra? The the Book of Chronicles?
5: Well, at least the target people are the people who returned from exile, right?
3: Well, uh, what I get from the Chronicles, First Chronicles, of course, is the reign of David and speaks of him and how he was preparing for the temple uh his conquests his military leaders um you know it repeats the stories of second samuel in first chronicles and then it goes through and speaks of how he prepared for the temple and how he divided the levites and the musicians and all that made solomon king and then second chronicles uh follows pretty much first and second kings uh, there, and the different kings that came on the scene, so uh, that's what we have in the in the books of the chronicles
5: okay all right i I was just curious Since
3: but yeah, and you know i do uh I think it's great that um that you're studying the Old testament, studying those kings because there's so many um that different um different uh, lessons that you can learn from those kings, an application to be made, and we live in a day where people say, "Well, the Old Testament isn't uh, important." So, what I got from Doctor ben, uh, uh, Paul Benware where is this: that tradition says that Ezra the scribe wrote the books of First and Second Chronicles. So that's what is widely believed by many scholars that Ezra the scribe wrote those books. All right.
5: God
3: bless. Thank you. Hey, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Always call. If you got questions, feel free to do that. We'll do our best. Okay. All right. 303 690 3000 is the calling number. Text line 720 336 0897. Let's see where we're at. I believe that we have two open lines. Let's go to Ralph and Fort Collins. Ralph.
2: Hey, Jeff, how are you doing?
3: I'm all right, friend. How are you? Not
2: not too bad. Just uh, calling in just to ask for a little prayer for some cancer I was diagnosed with. Yeah, I and heard. I have a pretty good prognosis on it, but I think prayer is the way yeah. to cover it. So.
3: And, and you're getting it. You're getting it here. So. I
2: appreciate it.
3: And we're going to pray okay. right now for you. You doing You doing all right?
2: Really love it if, uh, you know, I could just be a great witness for God through it all.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Father, I pray for my friend Ralph. I pray that um, as he has that diagnosis of cancer, Lord, that you would, um, first of all, I pray for healing. Uh, I just pray that you would uh, touch his body that you bring healing to him. And Lord, I just pray for your mercy to be upon him. But I also pray for my friend. I pray that you would um, encourage him and strengthen him. And through the days ahead, as he gets treated, be with the doctors. And Lord, if you choose to use the treatment to bring healing, uh, Lord, uh, keep Ralph strong. And Lord, help him to be a light in the midst of the trial. And, Lord, to have a peace that passes understanding and not be anxious. But, Lord, I know he's thankful for your tremendous love and, Lord, blessing in his life and for Christy and his family and grandkids. And I pray that he would be a light to them, be with Christy as she travels with Ralph on this journey. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, they would know that they are loved, that they are loved by you and they're loved by so many. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would show yourself strong on his behalf. And, Lord, that he would perceive your presence and your joy. And, Lord, um, just minister to his heart and bring in the comfort and the strength and everything that he needs during this time and that you will never leave him or forsake him. And so, Lord, I just commit my friend to you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen
2: amen thank you
3: okay no we love you Ralph. praying for you
2: love you too man
3: all right take care we'll talk to you soon 303-690-3000 the call in number 720-336-0897 i think we got all open lines so love to talk to you pray with you we got a couple minutes till break and um you're gonna hear the music in a little bit, and then on the other side of break, love to take some calls and I uh, love for you to be able to text in and text in a question and uh, be able to uh, ask a question or receive prayer. love to talk to you about the things that the Lord again, as we've been talking about, you know the Lord desires whatever that you're going through the the difficulties, the trials that the Lord desires to minister to your heart. He hasn't left you. And I, I'm reminded of what Jesus said to the disciples up in that upper room. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, and he won't leave us as orphans as well. And there are those times where we feel so alone, and there are those times where we wonder and, and know that the Lord sees you, and he knows you, and he's, he is to be found by you as you search with all of your heart and to be heard by you as you call out to him. So I just want to encourage you, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Got all open lines heading into the break, and on the other side of the break, the text line is 720-336-0897, the text line. Before we go to the break, I hope to see you down at Refresh this week at Calvary Church in Aurora, as they're hosting that on Thursday, and so it's going to be a wonderful time. So glad to be with the brethren, and and um, so calvaryco.church slash refresh for last minute registers. And um, and it's going to be a great time of fellowship and seeing the brethren. We all need times of refreshment. And it's going to be great, wonderful messages from the Word of God, a wonderful worship. And so I would encourage you. It's for all who are serving in whatever capacity, or maybe perhaps you're thinking about serving. and. So check it out. Uh, again, the Refresh Conference coming up on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Calvary Church in Aurora. I know they're working very hard um, to prepare for the conference, and so grateful for them and all the hard work that they're doing so they can bless all of us that are going to be there. 303-690-3000, give me a call. Got open lines, 720-336-0897, text line. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. And you just heard those numbers, how you can be uh, on the show, talking to us uh, live. The call-in number, 303-690-3000. And then the text line to text us a question or prayer request. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We got all open lines right now. Love to talk to you, and uh, for your questions and your prayer requests, and got plenty of time for you to be able to call in. and And want to welcome everybody, whether you're listening live on Grace FM or Radio Bike Grace or online. Uh, welcome on this Monday afternoon, uh, evening, wherever you're at. As people are listening from all over the country, and uh, love to, to have you call in and. And just be able to ask your questions when I'll do my very best to answer them uh so that there's some clarity and understanding in those questions. Good questions in the first half and um I love it when I hear people that are just reading their Bibles and they got good questions and and they're researching things and uh i i it's so wonderful, Paul the apostle, when he was writing to Timothy, some of the last words of Paul. When he says that in the last days is going to be perilous times. And I think we're seeing that right now. And he uses that word perilous, borrowing it from Matthew chapter 8 and describing how fierce the demoniacs were. And I think uh, that we see more of that that's taken place. And as Paul is describing this misdirected love of people and uh, lovers of self and corrupt minds and counterfeits and those who have a form of godliness but denying its powers he says that those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But then he goes on and he says something very important. He says that we need to continue in the Scriptures. You must continue in the Scriptures. Not that it's a good idea, not that it's you know uh, a good suggestion. He said, Timothy, you must continue in the Scriptures that you know from childhood. And all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for uh, doctrine for for reproof, for correction, instruction and in righteousness, that we might be equipped for every good work, to be able to help people and give an answer to them and be able to give truth to people. So um, we're here to minister to you the Word of God at the comfort of the Lord, to pray for you. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, the calling number. My name, Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday. So uh, let's go to Miss D in Tennessee. Hi, Miss D.
6: Hey, how you doing again? <laughs>
3: I'm good. How are you?
6: I'm doing pretty good. I, the question I hear was such in a way that I, I said, Lord, I don't want to say the whole name, but he know my heart and he see it. But I've talked with you before, and you were saying that, you know, I was telling you about what God had given unto me. You know, I thank God for your intelligence and how God has gifted you in order to just answer people. You know, everybody is not able to be gifted like that. And of course, he's given me gifts, too, which bring okay. me back to this question. And I thank God for okay. your answer. I thank God. And another thing I want to say, I thank God for your prayer, because when okay. it ends, I'm going to be, I need you to pray for Miss D, me. Because <laughs> okay. okay. this is the question I have, Pastor. This is very important to me. I'm at work, and I sit around, and I listen to you. You talk very intelligent. I have to talk this Listen to somebody they can give me the word because it's very important in these last yeah. days that I really hear mm-hmm. what you have to say. Yeah. He gave that to me. So this is a question. I'm Miss D. I am a missionary. I'm an evangelist missionary. God has given me gifts. This has been on my mind. God has called me. I'm a true warrior. I pray. People want me to pray for them. They like my prayer and everything. But the most important thing is God used to me. This is very important. As a missionary, I want to know sometimes why is it, you know, and I just want to ask you, sometimes when I get mad, I just use my son. He And I don't, this is not with everybody. When he does something that I have to keep telling my head hurts, I will curse. And I am a person mm-hmm. with a calling mm-hmm. on my life, and I thank God that I am truth and honest. I want to know why is it that God uses me, and he has given me gifts to be able to discern, mm-hmm. And then yeah. when things happen, you know, out of my, you know, I'm I'm prayerful, like the pastor was just saying earlier, it's a day-by-day thing. It just bothers me because I ask said, Lord, you use me mightily. Right. So why sometimes, why is it? You know, I must have to stop and think sometimes when he makes me mad, I cur- I shouldn't curse as a person that's deep in God.
3: Right. You know, uh, Miss D, one of the things is he, he does gift us. Um, As you read about Paul writing to the Corinthians, um, we're all a part of the body of Christ. And we all have different members, and we all have different giftings of the Lord, and and he does gift us. Um, And he desires to equip us for the work of the ministry, Uh, whether it's evangelism, whether it's uh, teaching, whether it's service, whatever the gifting is that God has called us to. And it is a calling of the Lord. And you ask, why would he call me? And I used to kind of wrestle with that. And I think for me, for I'll speak for me personally, that the verse that I apply is that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things that are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are you know, I I used to think, Lord, why would you call me to be a pastor? I I really feel like I'm the least of the pastors. You know, Paul would say I'm the least of the apostles. And and I really feel that way. I'm the least of the pastors here in Colorado. I I never want to take for granted what God has allowed me to do in my ministry for 30 years now. And he has called me to the ministry he's gifted me. And I used to think, why would you use a foolish and weak thing like me? Because God loves to use foolish and weak things. So he gets the glory. So people can look and say, you know, God is working through you. But I don't worry so much about the why anymore. I just rejoice in it. And you rejoice that God wants to use you in a calling that he's given to you. But in that calling, as he works through us, and it's a work of the Spirit, It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we're still, he's using flawed individuals, and we can struggle at times, and we become anxious, and we can become weak, and we can become angry. I become angry at times. But it is in those times that we need to turn to the Lord, and we need to turn to his forgiveness and grace and his mercy, and and to, you know, especially when it comes to, to anger, um, that to put it aside, as Paul says in Colossians and in the book of Ephesians, put it all aside and put on tender mercy and put on compassion and um, and to uh, move forward in those things. Because we're still a work in progress, aren't we? He's conforming us into the image of Jesus day by day, moment by moment, trusting in him, keep going to him. And, um, and he wants to do that work in you. So that's what we're going to pray for you but uh you know it's it's just the human flesh, and we're still it's still a battle out there, and we have a spiritual battle against three enemies, one is Satan, and we're told to put on the whole armor of God because he is the one that throws the fiery darts at us. Uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. we wrestle in our enemy, the world that comes against us and tries to pull us into the things of the world, and then our flesh. And our flesh can rear its ugly head. And um, especially in those times, those moments where we can get angry or uh, we get upset or we say things that we shouldn't. But God's mercy and God's forgiveness is there. And we need to just keep depending on him, looking to him, keep growing in the word. And as we do, he's going to that work in us and through us and and to grow us and i'm so grateful for god's forgiveness because uh, i look back at 30 years of ministry it has not been perfect by any means but i want to please the lord and i i want to move forward in the things of the lord and even through the difficulties and the trials and my failings he hasn't failed me and he keeps using me he doesn't use me listen miss d because of me He uses me in spite of me. And he uses me because of his love that's been set on me. And because he has a calling in my life that he planned and ordained before the world ever began. Because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works before the world began. And that word workmanship means uh, in the Greek poem is the Greek word, which means our English word poem. That you are a poem. I am a poem, and a poem is an expression of art. And and it's a heartfelt thing when somebody makes a picture or, you know, does art. It it comes not only just from their minds, but from their heart. And we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works before the world began. And we can be confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work will bring it to completion, especially in the day of Christ Jesus. So he's going to help you, and he's going to minister to you. And he's going to work through you, not because of right. you, because right. of his love and grace and mercy. And that keeps us thankful. We have no reason to boast. Right. We have no reason to boast in our salvation. We have no reason to boast in you know what he's called us to do. He gets the mm-hmm. glory. And whenever that we get to the point of—and we were talking a little bit about this in our Galatians study— is that when we get to the point of, you know, this is what I've done to earn God's you know approval or favor or— I'm so special, um, is that we take the glory away from the Lord. And it's always right. at the expense of God's glory. But mm-hmm. you just stay humble, and you stay dependent upon Him. Okay?
6: Right. Thank you. That's exactly what I do. Everything you say, you you said so much good things. You even said my favorite scripture, he which has begun a good work in you yeah. shall and yeah. will perform that work until the day of yeah. Jesus Christ. You said so much, you had tears coming yeah. out of my eyes. That's confirmation.
3: Yeah. And Let me pray for you. Okay.
2: You.
3: Yeah. yeah, Father, I pray for Miss D. A. she she's, you know, in the honesty of her heart coming and just sharing, you know, she knows you got a calling. And you have gifted her and empowered her, and Lord, you'll be faithful to her, and you're faithful even when we're not, when we fail, and we thank you for your forgiveness, and we thank you for your your love for us that remains. And I just pray that you'd be with Miss D, just uh, just be with her and when she gets angry, that you would just um, just minister to her heart, and she would put that aside and be able to minister um, with just tenderheartedness and, and with compassion. And Lord, with firmness when it comes to, to you know, her son or whoever it might be. But Lord, I just pray that you guide her and reassure her um, that you are going to complete that, uh, which concerns her, even as David would write 3,000 years ago, and being confident that you'll finish that work. But I thank you that you're using her. Just empower her, be with her, guide her in every way. I thank you for her call. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.
6: Amen. Thank you, Father, amen, and I pray that you bless them mightily, Lord, for giving the people what they need in the name of Jesus. I thank you so much, and I just thank you so much. You
3: bet. You bet, Miss D. You take care, okay? Amen. All right. 303-690-3000, calling number. We got an open line. Text line 720-336-0897, one thing that I have learned. And 30 years of ministry that he uses me, not because of me, not because I'm worthy of it. Um, He uses the weak and foolish things of the world. And I am very grateful that he's allowed me to do the things that he's called me to do. It's been great joy. It hasn't always been easy. And um, I look back and there are do-overs I wish I had. I've learned a lot. But I'll tell you one thing, that the Lord has been faithful and he's never left me or forsaken me. And and he has kept me in the ministry only because of his mercy and his grace in using me. And I have nothing, nothing to boast in except Christ alone and allow me to do what he's called me to do. So I'm very grateful. And for any of us that serve, there's such a joy in serving, but it can be hard at times. And when we're serving the Lord and when we have a calling in life, we're so aware of our shortcomings and failures but I gotta just look to Him, and I just gotta rest in His love and look to His mercy and His forgiveness, and moving forward. And 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 just, you know, I want to to please the Lord every moment of the day. But sometimes I do fall short. I get angry or whatever it might be, and just rest in His love and look to Him to get you through uh, the day and and to be faithful in what He's called you to do. Hey, let's go to Frank in Denver. Frank. Frank you there. Frank, he was wondering when Jesus took Elijah and Enoch, did he take them in bodily form, in spirit form? Or are they in the same form now? Well, he did take Elijah bodily in um, Enoch bodily. Enoch was and then he wasn't. So they are two individuals that were raptured up of course Elijah in a fiery chariot, so they did not die. And um, so um, are they in the same form now? Um, it, it seems to indicate that they would be up in heaven in the form that they were taken up into. Have they received their new resurrected bodies? Uh, all I can say is Daniel 12 seems to indicate that will take place later on. But it's a good question. But they were bodily taken up into heaven. And um, and that's what we read. So Frank, good question. Sorry you had to drop Let's go to Joanne in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hi, Joanne. Hi.
1: Um, Thank you for taking my call. I'm very new at this. You're welcome. Um, I'm interested in the Sabbath um, because, well, I don't know. This might be too big of a question, but like it says, the sixth day, and we go, we go by Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Where Mm -hmm. does it come to us in the Bible and or in the Sabbath to where it gets named by? We started on this day
3: to this day. Is that... Well, we do start our days, you know, Sunday is the first day of the week. And uh, even in the Jewish culture, it's the first day of the week. And then, um, uh, you know, that's when we started. Um, We're to work six days and then rest on the Sabbath, on the seventh day. So, excuse me, the the seventh day um, is um, when... Uh, the Sabbath day that the Jews rest. So their week is a little bit different. Um, So the Sabbath day is Jesus, or the Lord said in the Old Testament, I'll get my thoughts straight, is you work six days, and then on the seventh day you rest. And so to the Jewish week and calendar, um, the seventh day is on um, the um, Saturday. They go from Friday at sunset to Saturday at sunset. So... I think we're more the Roman calendar is what we have. And then there's the Jewish calendar.
1: So the one that we would go by, is just, I mean, why, see, with all the false prophecy and all that, which one would be the one that we go to?
3: Well, here, here's the thing. And you're asking, I think a more broader question about the Sabbath is, is the Sabbath on Saturday or is the Sabbath on Sunday? And, For us as Christians, and and, um, for us, the Sabbath becomes a big question. Some people put their Sabbath on the Sunday, and that's more the Roman calendar is what it is. Um, And then the Jewish calendar is the Sabbath is on Saturday, as I said, from Friday sunset to Friday or Saturday evening. So it's always been that way, in the Jewish calendar. Um, For us, here's the thing to remember, is that Joanne is... uh, Paul would say something very important in the book of Romans. He said that one man esteems one day above another. One man esteems every day alike. you'd be convinced in your own mind. For some people, they have to work on maybe Saturday and Sunday and their Sabbath, that they take a Sabbath day, the principal Sabbath, it might be on a Monday or a Tuesday. Uh, they work six days and get a day off. For me as a pastor, for example, uh, I work weekends. I work Sundays. So many pastors will say that their Monday is their Sabbath day, but it it isn't to where Christians have to observe the Sabbath on Saturday. Um, there are people that will argue with that, but in the New Testament, we're not told that we have to observe the Sabbath. And the Sabbath again, the Sabbat, being from Friday evening to Saturday evening, uh, sunset to sunset. So. Um, it's a good principle and practice, but I like that verse in Romans chapter 14 because it gives us liberty. That one man esteems one day alike, one man esteems every day alike, you'll be convinced in your own mind. So for Christians, um, excuse me, Christians have been celebrating you know, their traditional church services on Sunday since the early church. So in a sense sometimes you'll hear pastors say that's the sabbath day uh for them uh for the Jewish believers or for others who take the Jewish calendar it's on Saturday. So I don't know if that that helps clarify um a little bit what you're you know asking and and thinking about um but you know for me every day is to be you know could be rejoicing in the Lord um, being refreshed in the Lord um worshiping the lord
1: right okay so i because i've been since i'm new i've been told you know you go by the bible not what religion and i'm not about religion i'm about jesus and the bible Good. and i was just Good. wondering what the bible says you know and that's why like i you know are we supposed to go by the jewish or are we supposed to i mean i want to do what i'm supposed to do by the bible I'm not going to listen to nobody but the Bible.
3: Yeah, well, that's wise, Joanne. And the thing, when it comes to the Sabbath, you can look at Colossians chapter 2, and Paul says, you know, don't let anyone judge you concerning Sabbaths. We're not under the Sabbath law. And we were talking about that in our study in Galatians. We just started Galatians. And Paul comes along, and what had happened in the early church is the Judaizers, which were— Jewish legalists had come in behind Paul's ministry and said that the the gentile Christians the gentiles being non-Jews that they have to be circumcised and also that they have to 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 keep the law Acts chapter 15 you might want to read Acts chapter 15 and in that Paul and Barnabas and Titus and the leadership from Antioch that that church in in Syria where where the gentiles were getting saved and revival broke out the leadership there uh, after Paul's first missionary journey to the churches of galatia they come to jerusalem and they meet with peter and james and there's this whole issue on what do we tell these gentile believers do we tell them that they have to be circumcised and what's interesting that you'll take note when you read that chapter is that it says that there was a sect of the Pharisees that were there. And isn't that interesting? Because you know the Pharisees, don't you? The Pharisees who came against Jesus, you know, and was determined to put him to death. Well, some of the Pharisees got saved after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as they were there, the elders, the apostles came together, and they had that sect of Pharisees that were there saying, Listen, we're going to tell the Christians— that they have to be circumcised, this is what you're to do, and they have to keep the law of Moses. So Christianity at that time was in danger of just being another sect of Judaism. And as you read through Acts chapter 15, you see that Peter stands up and he says, why do we want to put this yoke of legalism on the necks of those believers that our fathers couldn't bear? But if they believe through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that we be, we shall be saved in the same manner. So Peter confirms, Peter who had taken the gospel to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, he confirms that justification and salvation, listen, is by grace through faith. It is faith alone in Christ, Christ alone. And they go on and they say, this is what we're going to tell the Gentile believers, that we'll write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. So the Gentiles were coming out of a lot of paganism and immorality that was involved in that. Stay away from it. Things strangled from blood. Uh, those who, who have been meat offered to idols. And that's for the sake of sensitivity uh, to the Jewish believers. And if they do these things, they do well. And here's the thing, Joanne, is they didn't say anything about you have to keep the Sabbath. They didn't say anything that you have to keep the feast. They didn't say anything that you have to keep the law. And that's why the book of Galatians is so important, because it's by faith alone. It is grace through faith that we're saved that brings justification. It's not by any works of the law. It's not by Sabbath-keeping. It's not by, you know, uh, baptism. It's not by any of those things. Because if we say that you have to do this in order to be saved— then you are adding to the work of Christ. Then Christ died in vain, is what Paul writes. And Jesus on that cross, and this was very important for you to remember as a young Christian, that he cried out, It is finished. It is finished. He did the work. He paid the price. He rose from the grave. And that is sufficient for those of us who believe in him for salvation. We can't add to that work. So, if you want to keep a Sabbath day, keep a Sabbath day. That's between you and the Lord. Um, Me, again, I think it's a good principle to take a day off to be, you know, to slow down, be refreshed and renewed in the Lord. There's a day off that I take. I need that day off. My Sabbath day isn't on Saturday. My Sabbath day for me during the week is usually on Friday, is when I take off. I've been doing that for many years. But You know, if people want to keep the Sabbath, they can keep the Sabbath. But it's not for the sake of salvation. And one man esteems one day above another. One man esteems every day alike. You be convinced in your own uh, heart, in your own mind, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 14. And I think that's a very, very important verse. For he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. And so that's the liberty that we have in Christ. And that's what I hope that you remember oh. in asking these questions. Okay?
1: okay. I do, well, I do remember There's a part in there where it says circumcision is by human, man's hands. So that's just another thing that they added in, right?
3: Well, circumcision was given to Abraham, you know, in the, in the book of Genesis, the covenant of circumcision. But Paul, he says, was Abraham justified? Because he was circumcised, he said no. That first Abraham uh, believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's Genesis chapter 15. Then in chapter 17, he was circumcised. So Paul, he knows that there would be the reader that would come along and say, "Well, you know, you have to be circumcised," and that's what the Judaizers were saying. You have to be circumcised in order to be to be saved. And Paul said, "No, it's always been." in faith in God. Abraham believed God and his accounted to righteousness. Then came circumcision. And so it's it's a study for another time that we don't have time. But God wanted them to circumcise their heart. That's what Jeremiah said. And it was to be an outward expression of an inward belief in the Lord. So Paul says listen, no works of the law, it's not circumcision, it's not Sabbath keeping, it's none of those things. That brings justification. is faith alone in Christ. And um, and we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. Always remember that. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's by His grace, the unmerited favor of God. Amen?
1: Thank you very much, sir. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.
3: You bet. You bet. All right. Lots that's there. And um, so, um, good question. And, and there will be those... I think Acts chapter 15 is a good chapter to show people when they come to you and say, you have to be baptized in order to be saved, or you have to be circumcised, or you have to be, you know, uh, observe the Sabbath, some kind of work uh, in order to be saved. You're, first of all, saying that Jesus' death on the cross was not sufficient for your salvation. And then, second of all, you know, and one of the things that you see in Paul's epistles, particularly in Romans, and in Galatians, one thing that made his blood boil is when those who came along said that this is what you have to do in order to earn salvation. Yes, we are to walk in obedience. Yes, we are to walk in righteousness. Should we continue in grace that, that uh, sin should abound? No, certainly not. We're dead to all that stuff, and we identify with Christ. But it is Christ and what he has done for us. And the focus is that what he has done is he cried out from the cross, It is finished and as one commentator said a long time ago that i heard and i love it never put a question mark where god puts a period hey god bless you'll be back tomorrow at the same time on calvary live everybody have a great evening we'll talk to you next time
0: you've been listening to calvary live